playing Marcus Eric can't my can't meme. <laughs> How's your trades going? Great man, trades going great. Trades going great. We've got a we've, okay okay. We've got a big fish. Uh, we've got a big fish today, Sean. Big fish. I think I think we got a whale. On. Oh, yeah. We have a whale. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Eric Eric got it before you did, Sean. I was talking about that big fish yeah. on the wall. Oh. It's like a Michael Saylor type thing. Oh yeah. That's uh what 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 what's the story here, Eric? Are you a fisherman? No, not really. I I uh I actually caught that down at um in Miami during uh Bitcoin 2022 this year back in April. My uh Really? Okay. Yeah, I brought my dad down with me and and he had a connection I forget exactly how through work and uh this dude brought us out on his on his boat on like Tuesday or Wednesday morning and within the first half hour or something we both had one hooked and uh a sailfish big sailfish and and they they focus on one at a time so dad had to let his go and and we focused on real and mine and it was fun awesome a good dad so it's a real one so what's that sean i said a good dad always making sacrifices yeah (laughs) yeah yeah that was fun so you i like you guys met did you guys also met at bitcoin uh 2022 there in miami no no i uh yeah don't think i met anybody actually that's not true uh miami 22 yeah okay i'm getting them mixed mixed up i met greg at 21 and then 22 i met a bunch of people at the beef steak i can't remember everybody but yeah that was fun oh yeah i didn't get i didn't get the invite to the beef steak you know i, I basically had to beg uh, uh josh for it because i'm like I, I reached out to him i'm like dude i'm bringing my dad down it'd be so fun to go to the beef steak and he's like hell yeah i love it's a family event so here you go let's do it okay i gotta so, yeah. that's all i gotta do i gotta start bringing family members down i did bring yeah. my, <laughs> i did bring my brother to miami 21 but he's he's a no coiner and greg was ripping on him the whole time he probably <laughs> honestly i probably met you in 21 and didn't even realize it we probably didn't yeah. even realize it because i was Miami 21 and 22 I basically spent the whole time with Greg yeah so, <laughs> how could you not yeah and, and chair force when, when he wasn't working yeah <laughs> all right well welcome everybody to Bitcoiners Guide this is the show that we wish we would have had when we first started learning about Bitcoin so we made it for you today is December 4th 149 p.m mountain standard time uh the current price of Bitcoin is 17,000 and some change up about 0.9% in the last 24 hours. Pretty do, doing pretty good right now. You know, some people would say that that we're pumping, the corn is pumping. It, it's always fun to watch Bitcoin drop like 70% and then go up 1% and then everyone back. Oh, the corn's pumping. <laughs> you got to get the pump it up song playing again. I miss those days. I miss those days too. We'll, we'll get them back in like 2025, 2024, 2025. We'll get those back pretty soon. But right now, still, still in the bear market. Well, I guess until December 23rd. Bear confirmed. Bear confirmed. No, I'm just following the prophecy. Yellow's prophecy is December 23rd. And there's multiple reasons. And you guys have to figure out. I've figured out the reasons why. And um, yeah, But you, you were saying 2024, 2025, Sean. It's bearish as hell. Hey, you know what? I just want cheap corn for longer. I don't know about you. 
I just stay want humble, to Mark. Stay, stay humble. humble. Oh yeah, I, I'll, I'll stay humble. <laughs> <laughs> All right, man. Well, Eric. So thanks again for coming on. Before we get started in anything, I, we got to ask. This is the first question I asked you when I met you up in in Pacific Bitcoin. Yeah. Was the name Eric can't meme? First of all, you do meme now. And so I, I, we got to ask, where does the name come from? And, you know, why did you choose that? It was, it, it, there was little to no thought put into it. I, I uh, hopped on Bitcoin Twitter in 2020. And uh, one of the names that I came across was Nick Can't Mine. And uh, it just kind of stuck. And I was trying to think of a, a name, you know, for, for my hand, trying to think of a handle that that might stick you know and i couldn't think of anything and meanwhile i see all you guys memeing away like crazy just having fun having a blast and i'm just laughing my ass off at all these memes and i'm i always struggled to like come up with like how do the, how are they doing this so it just kind of kind of fit together like eric can't meme let's do it whatever and i just <laughs> Uh, awesome. like did you did you have a normie uh twitter account before or was it like your first twitter account? it's actually the same one you can change your handle now so yeah i same same account i've had since 2009 or whatever yeah all right right, right. so what so, so what you didn't have that issue of like uh old old co-workers checking out your twitter profile yeah i i don't care i i don't know if if they're if they're doing that and uh they're they're making us think about it then i don't really want to work there or be their friend anyway so whatever <laughs> i know i tell people i say hey like when people that i know follow me or have been following me i'm like you might have to mute me because oh yeah i'm tweeting all the time about bitcoin so if if, if you want to see it great if not then then you might have to mute me and i don't really care <laughs> i'm keep tweeting about bitcoin all the time i'm fairly certain i've lost every single one of my normie followers from <laughs> <laughs> good they, yeah. and, and like 10 years from now they're gonna be like why did i not why did i unfollow him you know like what was i doing <laughs> like yeah so what made you start start memeing then because you've you've been making memes lately and they've been they've been okay they haven't been marcus level of meme <laughs> you know but they've been all right yeah man i i uh i don't know i i think I, I watched Bitstein's talk from Bitblockloom from whatever year that was. I wasn't there, but 2018. I saw it pop up. Yeah, 2018. Um, and that that you know, after and that was after I had been lurking around on Twitter for a while, seeing the memes, and I was just like, he boiled it down to so well, you know how how if you can if you can take a big idea that takes hours, thousands of hours to understand and really you know grok. And you can boil it down to a picture that everybody recognizes and put a couple words on it that resonate. It's just like the most effective thing. And if you can add humor in there too, it's just, I mean, yeah, memes are awesome. So I'm, I'm trying to, to uh, make some good ones every now and then, but it's just mainly just fun to play around with it and see what everybody else is doing and, you know, play off each other. Yeah. Powerful, powerful memes are super powerful. What, what's been your um, what's been some of one of your best uh, memes or one that you know we always say like our best memes get the least amount of likes <laughs> and the shitty ones end up like blowing up. But uh, 
yeah what, what's what, what's a meme that you really liked or that you were surprised about yeah. or, or that has a special story Man. um let me think here i haven't uh really thought about that I, I really, wow. I really, I really like the meme that you did. It was the, the Grim Reaper knocking on Bitcoin dead door, another dead door, another <laughs> dead door, then the Bitcoin. Yeah, yeah that was my favorite one that I did. And, yeah. then, and then the Grim Reaper had his head in his hands. That was a great meme that you did. <laughs> Thanks, man. Appreciate that. <laughs> um, Eric can't meme original. <laughs> Shout out to Rope. There was there was one a uh, year or two ago um, that got no likes or hardly any likes, but it was just. I mean, I laughed myself to death after I posted it because it was like a chain of the same template and, you know, everybody was putting their own captions on it. And, and it was, um, it was that, that template where the, the drunk dude is screaming into that girl's ear at the bar and she's just like, oh, yeah. uh -huh. <laughs> and, uh, it, it was, um, back when Taproot was, you know, in the, in the months leading up to Taproot releasing and my, my caption was, are you signaling? uh red square or green square <laughs> but no i can't remember um i think i i think i posted one about sailor and you know all the sailor reply guys came in and retweeted it and liked the hell out of it but i don't know i don't i kind of post it and Beck, check so out how becca, it does and then move on so becca you're saying yeah. <laughs> becca and all, all the accounts yeah yes exactly <laughs> No, it's just fun. I just like, you know, the process of memeing and, and uh, seeing what everybody else is doing. It's just fun. I just have a good time. Twitter's yeah, because awesome. what, what was your backstory? Because I remember when, uh, like, I got into Bitcoin through a friend of mine. He started talking to me about it. And then, uh, like, my first place to go to was YouTube. And then through YouTube, I was like, wait a minute. These guys keep talking about Twitter. I got I to gotta check out this Bitcoin Twitter thing. But uh, was 2022, like, or 2020, was that the year when you created that account that you first found Bitcoin or first ignored Bitcoin? Or what is it? What does that story look like? What is, if you're willing to share. Of course. No, no worries. Um, so I, um, I've been a, a Stansberry Research subscriber since 2012. Oh, dang. You guys have probably heard that's of the, that. That's the gold bug, uh, the gold bug site, right? Uh, yeah. Daniela or whatever. Kim Cambone, Daniela Cambone. Max, Max yeah, that, goes, goes on her, on her show. Yeah. That, that, um, segment or that program or whatever is relatively new, um, for Stansberry, I, I think within the last four, three, four years, something like that. Their main, uh, business model is newsletters and they've been, they got a, Back when, back when I, you know, became a Stansbury uh, reader, there was probably, I don't know, six or seven or eight editors that each wrote their own newsletter, monthly newsletter. And so I was reading those all the time and just trying to figure this stuff out. And um, since then, Stansbury has blown up. They're huge now and they do all sorts of content. But anyway, um, so 2017, they, re they released a shitcoin newsletter. Um and I didn't really know. Is that what they title it? Or do they title it like oh, crypto? No. <laughs> crypto capital or something like that. Yeah. <laughs> they were visionaries. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah they, this, this dude named, they brought in Tama Churchhouse. I don't, I don't know if anybody knows that name, but he. Um, a Rao, Rao, Rao Pal type? Yeah, exactly. Totally a Rao Pal type. And um, 
it was right in, I think they released the, the newsletter in like October or maybe September, 2017. So like decent timing if you, if you knew to get out in December, January, but right in that run-up um, time period. So I was, I was reading all this stuff, reading about all these shit coins and like thinking that they're going to solve all these real world problems and <laughs> so excited and making tons of money. Like, I think I probably like six or seven X my, the small amount of money that I did put in. It just went crazy. And then, um, <clears throat> and then obviously 2018 came around and I watched it all basically go to zero. And, um, and then I just kind of ignored it for the next two years. I didn't touch any of the stuff I bought. I just let it sit there. And, um, and then 2020 came around. Were you talking to any of your family about it at that time? Were you no, like, my, my dad is also, he's the one that got me into this stuff, uh, just financial stuff in general. So he, he's also a Stansbury guy. Um, and to be clear, I barely read any Stansbury stuff at all anymore. I just get all my information on Twitter now, but <laughs> yeah, <for real. laughs> um, but uh, yeah, so he's a big Stansbury guy too. So I was just kind of chatting with him every once in a while about it, but you know, he, he, he knew just as much as I did about crypto and Bitcoin and stuff, which was little to none. Um, so yeah, I just, I kind of ignored it for a couple of years and kept my eye on it maybe once every quarter, just like, what's it doing now? Oh, interesting. And then went on, went on with my life. And then 2020 hey, just, came around. Just, just a question quick, right? Yeah. When you started, when you said you started re reading Stansbury, like in 2012, I guess they weren't writing about crypto back then. Was it like mostly uh, stocks and, and and bonds and that kind of stuff? Yeah. 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 Any real estate? What's that? Any real estate that they'd write? I mean, real estate would have been a great time to write about. Yeah. Now, they, their, their main client base was retail investors. So... So they made their money by coming up with a new stock pick every month. Every pretty much every newsletter did that. Um, so it was a little, I don't know. It it was good good information, but looking back and knowing all the stuff I know now about all the scammers and grifters and stuff out there, like it it's a little scammy to be paying somebody to do that and to expect them to generate a new a new stock recommendation every single month. Yeah. For you. <laughs> that's crazy i mean yeah so it's more about the content than the actual research right yeah exactly and, and it, but it was you know it was i probably if i if i know if i knew what i know now i wouldn't have su subscribed again but you know i i'm glad yeah. that i did it because it let me yeah. let me here kind of gave me a base level knowledge but um yeah and then so anyway yeah in 2020 um i i ran across actually I forget the order of events exactly, but I'm pretty sure Stansberry's podcast um, brought Ralph Powell on. Cool. And uh, yeah. And, you, and I was... At the time, like, during these times, he did have good information, right? Like, yeah. it wasn't like Ralph Powell, everything that Ralph Powell has ever said has been wrong. Like, he, yeah. well, the cool yeah. thing is you could actually see him come in and he was open about like not understanding it at first and he was Bitcoin only at first and at a certain point he kind of got it <laughs> and then he realized that he could make a shit ton of money off of shit coins and getting noobs into the shit coins but anyway yeah, yeah and like I, you like you said Eric you know in the beginning it doesn't really matter who or what you follow I mean there's so yeah. much to learn you know like in the beginning I remember I didn't know anything you know like from watching graphs and you know like all the different uh, yeah what do you call it like uh, when, when you're charting and stuff you're you want to learn basically i want to learn everything right and then like okay, from charting to all the macroeconomic speak to 
you know, all the all the lingo that's been thrown around and understanding all that stuff. And then finally, you start realizing a little bit like, wait a minute, this guy, sure, I learned a lot from him, but he seems to be having this alternate agenda or, you know, he's probably getting paid by this other group on the, on the right over here. So, yeah. I mean, the longer you go, the more you start, you know, coloring that, uh, that picture, I guess. Yep. Yep. And Raul, you know, he, like you said, he had, he had good stuff and, you know, in those, at least what I thought was good stuff at the time. And and he kind of led me to pomp and, you know, the, the Novogratzes of the world. Like I was just kind of interested yeah. in these guys and like, what the hell is going on? Like, what do they know that I don't know? And yeah. Um, but then pomp, um, you know, pomp got me into freaking crypto.com and BlockFi and all that crap. Um, but he did, he did, um, introduce me to Bitcoin and he introduced me to Bitcoin Twitter and the whole idea of Bitcoin only. Mm-hmm. Um, once I hopped on Bitcoin Twitter, then <laughs> yeah, it was, it was, uh, it wasn't long before I ditched all that, that stuff from pre Bitcoin Twitter and became a total psychopath maxi. <laughs> <laughs> it seems like, it seems like there's like three different types of people, right? If you, if you, if you get rug pulled. And like, if you've had some type of rug pulling happen to you, you know, there's three different yeah. types of people that it can make. Like one, you get rug pulled and you go, I hate how that felt. Like I saw what happened and I'll do my best to make sure that that never happens to anyone ever again. Then there's the second type of person is like, oh, I got rug pulled. Well, there's, well, then now I'm going to go out and start rug pulling people because I deserve to get my money back that I lost. And screw whoever else is out there. And then there's like a third type of person who this is kind of like what I see, like the Rao Pals and the Pomps and the and the Novogratz of the world is like, oh, there's idiots out there. There's noobs that are willing to put money in things that get rug pulled. How can I benefit? You know, that's like the Kevin O'Leary's. How can I make money off of these people? And, yep. it, and whether they got rug pulled or not, they just see that. And so, you know, it seems like the majority of the Bitcoin maximalists, we actually have compassion on the new people that are coming in. And, but our way of being compassionate sometimes looks like toxicity because we're telling them you're listening to a scammer. This person is going to rug pull you. Like don't listen to them, but it's the same thing. If you saw someone that was in a burning building, you wouldn't be like, Oh, Hey, uh, that burning, that building is burning down right now. You might want to get out. You know, you're going to be like, get out of the building. What are you doing? Get out of there right now. You know? And so I think that's, that's the whole Bitcoin maximalism is we actually have compassion on these people who are coming in because there's so many people who like, if you ask people about Bitcoin, most people have no clue what even the having is. And so if they don't know stuff that's that basic or the difficulty adjustment, like they're going to, like they're at a big possibility of getting rug pulled. And so it's, you know, you, you want, you don't want to see what happened to you happen to other people. Right. You know, unless you're one of the scammer types and then you want to figure out how can I pull some scam, you know, and that's what the, all these people are, are, you know, like a lot of the OG people are doing. And that's what I, I look at a guy like Jameson law. Like he's just, he's adding Ethereum. Why is he doing that? Probably because he lost a bunch of money in the bear market somewhere and now he wants he now he feels like he deserves to get that money back you know yeah yeah that was that was a tough one this week i i was uh, a little floored by that but you know I, I i keep i have to keep reminding myself that um 
people that have been here for more than one cycle, this this is common, you know, common practice for them to see their heroes do this shit. You know what I mean? It's like yeah. this is Slayer heroes. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> There's quite a few of them. This is like my first real bear market where I've had actual capital involved, like with not just play money. And uh so so obviously I'm paying a lot more attention and I and I've built up these this this group of people that I follow and, and trust, trust um and read their stuff and and you know respect their opinions and stuff. And I'm I'm starting to see them drop like flies, you know, like having to slay heroes and yeah. and now I get it. Like I know what they mean now. And and it's I thought it would be hard to do, but it's not. I mean when the truth is on your side, like you know and you know you're right, then you can slay whoever you need to. You know, it's no yeah. problem. Yeah. And I will say like if GG or Odell ever ever turned on us, man, I would I don't know if I'd come back from that. That'd be, yeah. that'd be too painful. That'd be tough. There'd be some tough ones, but like even a Michael Saylor, you know, like, I mean, I was prepared to hear the news that, oh, we had to force to sell some Bitcoin or whatever, you know, and everybody would like fall over him. You know, that would be like the beers would eat that stuff up, right? Oh, Michael Saylor, Saylor is selling. You, know, like, you just got to be prepared for it because who's to say that he's not going to, you know, and he might be dumping on us at some point. Why not? I mean, that's, that's the reality. Or Najib Bukele, who might end up, I don't know who, what he might do. You know, I mean. <laughs> but uh hey i uh, i feel bad now because i totally took you out of your story so we were back in 2020 <laughs> I, and, <laughs> I, I think you guys got the gist I, once you know once uh once i hopped on you, you kind of ignored it how come you ignored it in 2019 because in 2019 it started pumping back up right it, it jumped back up from like 4,000 to 12,000 yeah Bit, you know, bitcoin I, at least yeah that's a good question. I just, I guess I just didn't have enough touch points. You know, I, I, uh, maybe the, maybe the March kind of, you got work from home now thing that happened, um, you know, pretty common experience for a lot of now maxis is that March, 2020 was like the, the learning opportunity to sit, to bunker, you know, hunker down and just read and listen to stuff constantly since since you're home all the time. I, I don't know. I, I I think I made a couple tiny little 20, 30, $40 buys in, in 2019, but just like, you know, nothing, nothing significant. I just was like, Hey, little gambling money here. Why not? But uh, right. yeah, I don't know. I, I'm mostly just proud that I, that I kept it all and I kept the shit coins and, and sold those at the end of 2020, early 21 too. I, I was able to sell those like after, you know, I bought them in fall of 2017 and, sold them in january 21 so i was i i i treated that as a win yeah right. some of them are probably up honestly yeah up in dollar terms but down in bitcoin terms that's the thing and that's yeah. like what a lot of people there you have to measure these things you know how are they doing versus bitcoin and that's like what all these ethereum people will say oh ethereum is gonna flip in bitcoin but it's like it hit its all-time high in bitcoin like five years ago or something, and it hasn't even gotten close to that since. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it has the best chance to. It's it's fully captured. So who knows what they can do with that thing? <laughs> yeah, with their with their media machine and propaganda and everything. I they might be able to pull so, it off in the short term. But who so, cares? Yeah. So you brought your dad down to to you said to the Bitcoin conference, right? 
how does your family, what do they think about Bitcoin now? Are they, has it, have you been like the first one to really orange pill everyone or the other people as well in your family? Like how, how does that look for you? Are there a lot of people that just think, Hey, Eric's doing his Bitcoin little thing that he's got going on, you know, cause every family's different when it comes to this. Yeah. So my mom doesn't care at all. Like she doesn't have any interest. Um, my dad is, I would say fully orange pilled. He's not like on Twitter and like participating in the discussion and like, you know, joining a have fun, staying poor train or anything like that. <laughs> <laughs> is that what makes you orange field now <laughs> he gets it though like you know he um i'm i'm constant like he's he's my he's my venting he's the guy that i vent to about all this stuff like in real life because i don't really have anybody else here um where i'm at and uh so yeah he he gets it i, I send him enough articles and podcasts and and talk about it enough to where there's no chance he doesn't get it <laughs> yeah but uh extended family and friends i mean i everybody knows you know everybody knows that i'm the bitcoin guy and uh some of them some of them have really latched on and i've got them in self-custody and you know dca plans and all that stuff and other people are just you know you, I mean, you guys know how it is it's there's a mixed bag of stuff um yeah, yeah. but yeah i i've i've orange pilled i've thoroughly orange pilled probably i don't know maybe like less than 10 people probably like thoroughly Right. Well, has has it has it changed you in any way? I mean, coming into Bitcoin. I mean, first you learn about you know like stocks, like you said, and then you learn about Bitcoin and like you know Bitcoin. Sometimes, at least in my case, extended to like other areas as well. You know, like hey, wait a minute. So this is how our monetary system works. You know, I I was taught that it was work that it always worked a different way. I mean, right. you, do you recognize yourself in that? Are you, or are you still kind of? Anyway. Yeah. Can you speak no, to I, that? Yeah, for sure. I, <laughs> I don't want to I, fill it in for you. Yeah. Fuck it. Um, yeah. Has it changed me? I mean, yes, definitely. But also, um, I was perfectly primed for it ahead of time because, like, uh, going all the way back. I mean, I remember growing up with video games, and. Um, my friends would hate playing with me because I would be the the kid that wanted to like, when you, when you go into a new room in the game, I would check every nook and cranny for like the treasure chest to, that would get me more coins or points or whatever, because I thought it would, you know, it might, it might help me in the long run. Like at some point I'll be able to level up sooner if I just spend a little bit more time looking, looking for stuff that's, that was placed in the game. So it's kind of like a, low time preference <laughs> type of activity when you're a kid playing video games. So, um, so I was, I kind of had that, uh, approach to life for, for ever. And, um, on top of all the financial stuff that I read about with Stansberry and then, you know, the, the, the head of Stansberry Porter, Porter Stansberry, he was, a, he's a big gold guy and a huge critic of central banks. So he talked about that stuff all the time um never really bringing up bitcoin um so as soon as i heard about it in 2017 i was like okay it kind of subconsciously triggered something in my head but i didn't really get it until 2020 i was like okay this, this is the thing that perfectly aligns with me and like my personality and my outlook on the world and um it's, it just was a, like a puzzle piece that just kind of fit you know that meme of the last puzzle piece to yeah, go in, into the head 
it was literally like that when I kind of finally started to grok it. And then, um, but yeah, it's definitely changed me too. Like it's, it's, uh, it's, it's pointed me down other rabbit holes, like the food rabbit hole and, um, exercise. I mean, who, I can't even think of all of them at this point, but you know, I've, I've got a what pan shelf full with? of, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> uh, but I got like a shelf full of, you know, ghee and beef tallow and liver in my freezer and like all this crazy stuff that I've never experimented with before. Yeah. Um, and it's fun. Yeah. You know, I, I'm, 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 uh, optimistic on, on the future of the world for basically, you know, kind of the first time really, I mean, long-term wise anyway, because for but the longest like, time it was like, well, gold is, is the only answer. So have fun. This is a big, this is a big thing. I think that a lot of people don't realize when like, especially when I sit down and talk to them about what's going on in the world is that I actually am extremely optimistic and positive on the future because we have Bitcoin, but what makes, what makes you optimistic and positive on the outlook of the world? Like, what is it with everything that we have going, you know, there's a war going on in the middle of Europe, right? Like what makes you, you know, there's a lot of things like CBDCs are coming down the pipeline. You got China having drones everywhere. Like what is it that makes you positive or what is it about Bitcoin that makes you positive about the, the future? Bitcoiners, man. Bitcoiners make me optimistic as hell on the future of the world. I mean, every one of you guys that I meet or talk to or even see on Twitter, it's just, how could you not be hopeful for the world when you when you meet all these people like this? It's just amazing. So cool meeting Bitcoiners that 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 are focused on improving their lives and and you know, by by translation, improving the world you know fix the money fix the world it's it's just uh it's kind of surreal you know going to a bitblock boom or a pacific bitcoin and seeing all these people it's just yeah I, you don't really have the words for it. it's just like you show up and you're just happy the whole time and just having a blast i mean it's great but i mean bitcoin specifically the fact that it exists and and knowing that the incentives um will eventually drag everyone in, I guess would be the, what, what boils down to making me optimistic about the future is like, you can choose the, the rulers world, or you can choose the rules world. And in time, everybody's going to choose the rules world. I mean, it's not, it's, it's no, there's no contest there. Yeah. So. It, just make, it just makes so much sense, right? If you choose the rulers world, then you give the power to the rulers. But if you choose the rules world, then that gives the power back to the people. And exactly, the incentives are totally opposite. And if if you have the free choice to do so, you're going to choose the one where you where you give yourself the power. It's just human human nature. Yeah, it's like it's been a it's been an effectual struggle since almost the beginning of time of people being ruled by overlords and then trying to have a revolution to get the power back to themselves and. You know, the overlords overstep their boundaries too far where it pushes people so they're really like, this is unacceptable. And it, it just seems that that Bitcoiners are just getting dotted all over the world because they're starting to realize these rights and these freedoms and the power that they're giving up for no reason. And 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 whether it's that they that it's Bitcoin that shows it to them or something else that shows it to them and then that leads them to Bitcoin, they're still figuring out that Bitcoin is that tool that will give them the power back in their hands. Yeah, for sure. And, and you mentioned how it kind of 
cycles, right? You know, um, the overlords take back the power and then they lose it and then they take it back and just constant cycles. Well, so, so now we have this thing that has um, enshrined property rights for the individual better than any other thing has ever. Um, so what does that mean for cycles? You know, like, does, do we, I think, I think Svetsky talks about this a lot, you know, like the, all, all of your, all of your models are broken, right? The, the yeah. cycles are, yeah. cycles. This, might, this might time is different. different. <laughs> it might actually be different this time. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it really might be. Another so, reason to be optimistic. Yeah. Okay. So, so going on to a different, or I don't know if Marcus wanted to talk about that still, but you know what? I don't care, Marcus. So I'm going to keep going. Uh, I'm just playing. Another topic that I was thinking about was like with, when I got into Bitcoin, there were certain narratives that may have been true or may have been false. And a lot of them that got me into Bitcoin probably weren't true. And then I, and then I kind of believed on, and then I've like little by little, they've kind of just scaled away and gone away from me. Um, and then I've latched onto the truer stuff, you know, the, the whole thing of come for, come for the gains, stay for the, for the peaceful revolution. Revolution. Yeah. yeah. Whatever it is. What, what are some of the, the narratives that when you thought that you were orange pilled in 2020, that you believe that have changed, you know, whether that's a plan B model or or whatever it may be like what are some of the things that you can think back because you know when i think back to those times right we were in 2020 it was like oh it's for sure 100k by the end of 2021 and and you know there's a lot of these different narratives about bitcoin that didn't happen that i even myself i was saying and and those didn't happen but they didn't make me lose confidence that bitcoin is still that tool to provide freedom so or didn't make me lose confidence that bitcoin is the thing you know so like are there certain narratives that have changed since since then when you got in hmm, that's a good one i have not put in a whole lot of thought on that one i the 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 first one that comes to mind that i that i've actually um mulled over in the past is is yeah the 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 price pump into six digits by the end of 21 like i thought it was going to you know 200k by conference day seemed bearish to me you know <laughs> 600k baby yeah i was going to a million let <laughs> me do something crazy everybody kept asking me do you really think it could hit a hundred thousand by the end of the year and i'm just like yes yeah <laughs> so, yeah i i had to you know, i had to yeah. check myself there after after that and i you know i I, I'm sure it won't help me stay humble the next bull run, but but, but uh, hopefully, hopefully having that experience will at least contribute a little bit to the humility. But uh, man, um, I'd have to I'd have to think on that one. I, that's a that's a good one. I, 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 my memory is terrible, um, so I'd have to dig up the archives there. But yeah, definitely the price. The you know the 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 humility part. Um, has has uh come on a lot stronger this year than last year oh yeah well i think i think it's just important to to be honest with ourselves right because like you don't want to 
this is what I keep thinking about is I, I don't want to orange pill someone on some false premise, you know, and I don't want to orange pill myself on some false premise because what happens when those things don't come to fruition? Well, then do I, then, you know, it's like, then you're, then you're believing a lie. And that doesn't necessarily mean that Bitcoin's alive, but you're, but you believed a lie or may have believed a lie to get into Bitcoin. And, and some say, Hey, that's fine. Cause you got into Bitcoin and that's okay. But eventually you do have to like take a full account of what's okay. What is really truth in this and what's not true about Bitcoin? Because even as Bitcoiners, sometimes we push these narratives about Bitcoin that may or may not be true that we kind of all just take for granted and we go, Oh yeah, that's true. And this is true. And so how do you, how do you get down to yeah. like real signal of what's actually truth and what's, and what's just like tradition, Bitcoin tradition. You, you triggered a couple of things in my memory there. So one of them that I remember now was uh, the, the massive wave of corporate adoption that was coming after MicroStrategy and Tesla. Like yeah, every company is going to be doing this. It's like, why would you not, you know, and <laughs> Tesla, like nobody. Um, another one that came to mind was uh, um just believing or or thinking that there wasn't hardly any think thinking that the 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 risk of keeping your coins on an exchange is equivalent to keeping your money in a in a traditional bank like the those risk models are there's no difference because laws are set up and everything will be fine in the end you can always get your money back like i remember thinking that early on in my journey and uh yeah, I'm I'm glad that I came to my senses before <laughs> this year. Yeah, I mean there was a lot of narratives, right? Especially with like the BlockFi's and the FTX's of the world saying, "Hey, you know, Mt. Gox was was you know back in 2013. We're we're regulated companies in the United States. You know, th there's no risk of that happening to us. And so I think those type of things people just kind of start to believe them a little bit." Um, but then you have to really focus down on, okay, well, what's, what is the truth and what's not the truth and, and why is someone trying to, to make me give up control of my keys to my Bitcoin, you know, basically, you know, basically I've just gotten to the point stack sats, don't let, don't give up your keys to anyone for any reason under any circumstance. And, and then you'll be okay. You know, that the moment you give up your control of your keys, you you should, you might just consider that Bitcoin gone, you know, because you don't, you don't have control over that money anymore. Yeah. And well said, I, you know, I, I, why you would ever, after, after you send Bitcoin to your own keys for the first time, it's like, man, why would I ever do anything else other than this? Like, this is, this is the best feeling ever because. <laughs> I mean, maybe it's, maybe it's just me, I, I, my personality of wanting to be in control of my life, but some people don't like that. They don't want that responsibility, but man, when I sent, when I sent coin to the, to, to cold storage for the first time, it was like, okay, this is it. Let's keep doing this. Yeah. Was, and it, was it easy for you to do? After a few BTC sessions videos. Yeah. Mm. And the, uh, the puppy sale, Matt O'Dell cold card video. Ask the question, Marcus. Ask the question. What do you mean? What question? 
Oh, do you have a technical background? <laughs> it, it always seems, you know, we've, we've been doing all these conversations, but it turns out that all these persons that we thought were like regarded um, memesters turn out to be pretty smart and they all turn out to be, you know, like either, I don't want to say economists or data analysts or engineers or that kind of stuff. But yeah, uh, sorry. sorry, guys, I'm an engineer by, by, uh, by training. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> Yeah. Another Sean, Sean is the exception here. Yeah, I'm the basketball guy. Yeah, I'm the only basketball player over here talking to all these engineers for some reason. What's I don't I don't get it. Yeah, get it. But I did yeah. I did that more. Do Do you think there's something? Do you think there's something to it, Eric? Why engineers would be like the first to get it? To me, it seems really obvious, right? Because. If you, it's like playing a game, right? If you know the rules of a game, whether it's just a board game or whatever, you have to know the rules of the game to be able to win and to know how to play the game, right? And once you know what the rules of the games are, you feel comfortable playing that game. The minute you don't fully understand like what a halving is or how blocks are produced or how this block subsidy is, uh, you know, like, I don't know. That's that's my take on it. I To me, it was very important. It took me a while to really get it. But once I got it, it was like clear as day. And then, you know, all this FUD that's being spread, you know when it's FUD and when it's not FUD, right? right. But... Yeah, I, I I heard you guys talk about this with a few of your guests and made me think about it a little bit. And uh, the kind of um, boiled down version that I came to was engineers are, they are trained to detect and call out and remedy bullshit as a profession, you know, so th they, their job is to dig in the weeds, figure out what's wrong and, and make it right. <laughs> so, and, and I mean, make, and to make what, what, what else are Bitcoiners doing? Well, and yeah, the, they make it work. And they make yeah. things work in the real world. I think that's the big, that's the, the biggest difference I see between Bitcoiners and people like people that are in Ethereum. They want to create some architects. Like that doesn't even. I, I see it like architects, architects versus engineers, right? Like an architect can create like this beautiful sketch of like this utopian city with like these round buildings that have this very small footprint on the land. But then an engineer will look at it and be like, "Well, that's a nice drawing you did there, buddy." But you know, like one gust of wind that. and this thing is going to be like it's just going to fall over. And to me, that's, that's like the Ethereans are painting like this architect. You know, rainbow world of ponies <laughs> and flying ponies that you know, like that that yeah. poop out like <laughs> very cones that that are delicious. And then you know, like real whether it's an architect or sorry, whether it's an engineer or even somebody who st studies like biology. You know, like you're rooted in reality. Some things are, you know, you can dream up stuff, but if you actually want to, you know, in the real world, where we have to deal with physics, you know, and. Yeah. Yeah, I like that. That's a good analogy. And, and, not and to say that there's not good architects out there, but yeah. yeah. Well, and to yeah. be clear, Ethereum is not even like Bitcoin's. What Bitcoin's? It's not even competition to Bitcoin. Bitcoin's going after the central banks. You know, for everyone listening, in. Bitcoin is not competing with crypto. Bitcoin is competing with central banks and the yeah. fiat that the the same fiat fake paintings that that are being created of you know we can print as much money as we want with no recourse with no consequences to the world and we're seeing right now that there are tons of consequences whether it's inflation whether it's you know the bad food that we eat 
whether it, it's poverty in these countries that that we have caught that we've given you know unsustainable loans to through the IMF, you know all of these issues that fiat brings about, where where you can literally gain power by being closer to the central bank, and you can keep people in poverty if you maintain your power and your status, and the central bank helps you to do that. Where in Bitcoin, like there, if you want value, if you want money. You have to actually provide a good or service to someone that they want, and you, the money can't be siphoned or printed, and and no one can be stolen from through the secret tax of inflation. So, yep. you know, I think that's that's like the bigger <laughs> central banks are the bigger issue more than any than any stupid crypto coin. Yeah, Bitcoin is trying to get rid of them, and Ethereum is trying to recreate it. It's like they couldn't be more opposite. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. So. Okay, with all that being said, I mean, we this is really good conversation, but we want, we got to get into some of our questions, these these uh three questions that we love asking. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and you may have heard them already and maybe you're prepared, so we've changed them for you. No, I'm we, haven't, <laughs> we haven't changed them. Uh so number 1, what did you read or listen to that made you finally swallow the orange pill that made it click for you? Yeah. Um, I, I'm, I was trying to think of one thing where it just kind of clicked. I, I'd say the closest thing, uh, there's a few of them. I mean, I read the bullish case for Bitcoin early on. Um, that was big. VJ. Um, yeah. By VJ. I read, I read the number zero in Bitcoin by Breedlove very early on. And most of it didn't make sense to me at all, but like I, I, I knew that there was at that point, I knew that there was something there like, OK, I, I need to start reading more here because this dude is talking about stuff that I can't even. Yeah, I can't even wrap my head around. So something yeah. something going on here. And. Uh, um, Bitcoin standard, obviously. Um, I, honestly, I, I think joining Bitcoin Twitter was huge for me just to see all of the activity going around about people that want to fix the money it's like wow this is like not just me here like this is a thing and uh yeah so bitcoin twitter was huge i'm giving a huge paragraph answer here but uh and then i think running getting my node up and running and pulling up the mempool on my node was like oh so this is bitcoin cool all right i see how this can scale this is that's pretty dope. And then, um, and then <laughs> kind of the cherry on the top was, what do you, what do you mean? The fact that there is a mempool or that transactions are being held in a mempool? Is that what that makes no, a skill for you or the sense that, that I can see the state of the entire Bitcoin blockchain right. with my own hardware in my own house without right. relying on anyone else to serve that information to me. And I can verify my transactions that they're actually real Bitcoin in the wallets that I, you know, in the wallets that I have. Yeah. And now it's it, it, there. I'm not trusting anyone now. You know, it's, it's all I've, I'm a first class Bitcoin citizen now because I hold my own keys. I run my own node. I verify my transactions. And I mean, and no one can stop me from doing that. Yeah. That was like, that was a click. Well said, like, okay. well said. And it does give you a feeling of power, right? It, I, 
I had that exact same feeling and I kind of felt like a little bit better than the rest doing that for some reason, because I was sure that a lot of people are still not doing that, even up to this day. You know, it's like people will say they own Bitcoin or they hold Ethereum or all this other stuff, but so few people actually run their own node and like verify that, you know, like get UTX out set, set out for it. <laughs> Yeah, you know, it's, 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 it's not a strict requirement to own Bitcoin, but I would highly recommend it. I mean, yeah. it gives you a sense of security and just comfort that uh, that that not only is you know you can you can hop on any mempool website. I like mempool.space, Obviously, you can hop on there and and verify transactions with whatever data. Um, you're being served. Provide. Right. But to do it on your own hardware that you can see in your living room, mm -hmm. uh, do the same thing and get the same, um, reach the same conclusion with your own hardware. I mean, that's, yeah. yeah. That, was, that was a big moment. It, it's, it, you can hear about it. You can hear people talk about it all day long, but it's like, it's kind of like sending key or coin to your own keys. It's like, yeah. you hear about it all day long until you, like, whoa, okay. Yeah. This is, this is legit. Yeah, well said. And then I was just gonna that cherry on the top. Last thing I was gonna say was when um when Jack was on whatever mainstream channel he was on, and he had he had uh, Jack Mahler's the, no uh, uh, Dorsey Jack Dorsey. Yeah, he was on some program, and he had the block clock in the background. He had, he had that whole <laughs> Moscow time. And when when NVK pushed that update to put Moscow time on the block clock, and now <laughs> Moscow time is on, in our living rooms all around the world in all of our Bitcoiners, like all of our all Bitcoiners living rooms, that was like uh, that was so amazing. Did the, I mean, that, our that whole, around the world, and it's just beautiful. When that when that like I don't know what he was a journalist or something. When he yeah. was dead set on it being Moscow time, I, I <laughs> doubling I had it down, laughed. yeah. I hadn't laughed that much in a long time. Just just like his absolute stupidity. But it was just so yeah. funny how he kept it, it was like this is like the perfect example of what fiat fiat life is. A guy who everyone knows that he's wrong. He has no idea if he's right, but he just he's just gonna fake it until he makes it and hope that people back down because yeah. He's like some blue check guy, you know, yeah, every, yeah. every outside signal he's getting from every person and everything that he interacts with is telling him one thing, but he can believe the opposite because yeah, I, I, I don't know. It's just crazy. Yeah. It was That's it, why it's I, just a, such a perfect meme. Yeah. This is, this is also probably the answer to that final question you're going to ask. <laughs> I forget the final one, but okay. yeah. All right. Okay. Well, let's get to yeah, We'll get to it. We'll get to it. Yeah. The question. <laughs> To question number two. So how do you see hyper-Bitcoinization playing out? Yeah. Um, I I heard Singapore say gradually then suddenly. I think that's a, you know, that's a good one. That's a good three-word answer to that. Um, but I guess to put a little more color on it, I, I would say through copious amounts of pain, unfortunately. <laughs> yeah. Because if if people aren't on board to Bitcoin by this point, um, they're not they're likely not curious enough to just start learning about it and and 
hopping on that boat. You know, it's, it's, I forget who kind of coined this or if somebody coined it at all, but it's like curiosity or pain will get you in. And it seems like curiosity is, I don't know, maybe we haven't peaked, peaked out at the curiosity um, centered Bitcoiners that, that got in because of, because they were curious, but it feels like we may have. And, uh, uh, you know, pain, I think is gonna, gonna bring the rest in, you know, let, just look at the FTX thing recently. It's like how many maxis were born in the last two months, just because they just got wrecked. Uh, and and I'd think- like to add to that. There's, there's two types of pain, eh? the, the, the pain you're describing, but also the pain of missing out. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm not excluding one or the other for sure. It's, Pomo. It's, uh... Okay, Marcus. Pomo. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, I, I think I think uh FTX is a is the you know that that'll be like looking back in, in 50 years, I think FTX will be like, you know, that'll be like an appetizer to like the main course that's coming, you know, because the whole damn system is an FTX. Like somebody, I forget who said that, but everything yeah. is FTX. Yes. Everybody's like getting wrecked somehow at some point if they're not holding their own keys with Bitcoin. I mean, it's just a matter of time. What's did, did you see? Oh, oh yeah. go ahead. Yeah, good. Okay. Well, I was just saying it's, it's just interesting because a lot of Americans, we don't experience the pain yet, right? And so when we when it comes to a financial system, we don't necessarily, like, unless you go down the rabbit hole of what is the Fed, like the creature from Jekyll Island, you really study about what the Fed does and and how it perpetuates its corruption through inflation across the whole world. Uh, you don't realize how bad the Fed is because in your day-to-day living, you might, uh, you know, at worst, you, okay, it's 10% inflation year over year. You know, but if you go to someone who was who donated to the trucker convoy in Canada and then got their bank account shut down, then they might have that pain of, oh, I really might need something like a Bitcoin. Or if you go to someone in Argentina who's experiencing 55 to 60 percent inflation year over year and every week that they go to the store, their prices go up significantly. And, you know, every time they get paid, they like they rush to go spend all of their money that you cannot save. And when you can't save, then you literally have ownership of nothing because you can't save up enough money to own things of value. Then those people, you know, I had an Argentinian teammate this last year, orange pilled him in in under a month. You know, it was so easy for him to understand Bitcoin and and also Bitcoin and no altcoins because he realized that those were just a a recreation of the system. So I totally think you're right. Like pain, it unfortunately... People, people will have to get wrecked to realize that they need a solution because right now they don't like, it's hard to understand Bitcoin if you don't understand the problem. Right. Yeah. That's, that's what making that, that's, what's making the orange pilling process so difficult. Like for me personally, it's just nobody I talk to has experienced enough pain to, uh, to believe me. I mean, they either got to be super curious, which is kind of what I typically am what what a lot of us you know here in the first two decades of of bitcoin's adoption cycle are engineers engineers, and and uh, and basketball players randomly yeah (laughs) 
Yeah. Although, although math was by far my best subject. Math was? Yeah. Yeah. I told Marcus that I took, I did take uh, AP calculus and AP statistics in high school and passed them. So maybe, nice. maybe that's why. Maybe it's because I've always been the math guy. Yeah, maybe. I, yeah, but uh, yeah, 90, I think 90% of the adoption will be <laughs> based on pain. Yeah, the thing is, you know, like if you watch the Max Geyser, for instance, he was on Tucker Carlson uh, this past week. I don't know if you guys got to, to listen to him, but he yeah, really man. just like, you know, no, no holds barred, you know, he just went right in there and he was like, you know, the entire American system is one big racket, you know, and uh, well, he, he really digs in. I know like a lot of people will really be like, come on, this guy is obviously delusional and you know, he's like uh, this doomsday but yeah. Even to It'll... this day, sometimes, you know, I, I have this little devil and this little angel on the other shoulder and, but <laughs> you know, it's, it's so hard not to see it anymore. You know, and you, you come across as like a conspiracy theorist to, to normal people who are like, come on, that's not how the way the world works. You know, that, but yeah, it um, it is it is all one big corrupt racket if it, if you look at it. So I, I agree with you there, Eric. You know, like in the end, that house of cards needs to come down, and it's going to be painful for a lot of people that are going to get wrecked in the process. It it but can't. It's going to have to happen. I just it's it's either Bitcoin fails and it never happens, or Bitcoin wins and you know that house of cards needs to come down. It's just the idea of Bitcoin is too, there's too many people out there that, that grasp it. And the idea is just so hard, to, an idea is so hard to break. Okay, so- It's that big, yeah. So with that with that being said, now let's be rational, right? We're okay, let's, let's take off the tinfoil hat. Let's be rational. Let's be, hey, you know, you got to play the probabilities. Nothing's ever 100%. We believe the Bitcoin- you know, is going to do what we think, right? Like that it will compete with with the central banks and overtake central banking, which is a good thing. But what if it doesn't? And if it doesn't, what what do you see as the biggest threat to Bitcoin? I think uh, Labrahoddle never coming back onto Twitter is probably the biggest threat. <laughs> I agree. Come, uh, come back, Labra, if you're listening. Yep, come back. I'm back home. You're a good boy. Um, back inside, yeah. <laughs> back inside. Um, so one of the one of the things that I learned um, in my first role out of college, um, I worked at an oil refinery, and <clears throat> they deal a lot with risk in on the on the technical engineering side uh, when they're building new stuff or fixing stuff or whatever, um, and they define it as um, risk is probability multiplied by severity. So, you know, if, if, if that, that makes it so that you factor both in equally, right? So if, if probability of something happening is zero, but the severity is really, really high, mm -hmm. the risk is zero, right? And vice versa. If, if the probability of something happening is hundred percent, but the severity is zero, then there's no risk. Um, so I kind of have brought that along with me when we start talking about this topic. Um, and my conclusion is that like, man, I, I gotta stay humble here, but I don't 
I can't think of a of a scenario where the risk, the probability times severity is super high, you know, because one of them, one major theoretical risk to Bitcoin, obviously Singapore said it was if if the existing system all of a sudden just decides to get it, get its act together and start being responsible and, and renders the need for Bitcoin, you know, it gets gets rid of the need for Bitcoin. Like there is no use case for it anymore because central banks are being responsible. So the severity, the severity of, that, of that is really, really high, but the probability is basically zero, right? It's like so, math- it's mathematically almost basically impossible right now. Yeah, exactly. And then on the flip side, I would say that the the situation that has the highest probability of happening is just more and more paper Bitcoin over and over and over again, just yeah. like we saw the last couple of months. But the severity of that isn't that high because because as long as you can teleport your Bitcoin across the world in seconds and audit the supply, then eventually that stuff will all wash out. I mean, how could it not? So the the severity is is low, which makes the risk low. So I I yeah, I mean somebody smarter than me should should answer this question and and you know, maybe like maybe somebody like I don't know, whatever. Sailor might have a good answer to this, but um, <laughs> yeah, we'll bring we'll bring uh, Sailor we'll bring Sailor on next week to ask him. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I I thought you know like this is this is the answer I was referring to when you said earlier that um God no I lost it, but it was something like uh, we're running out of curious people to want to adopt this thing. Yeah. So I I guess that's more the giggles uh, answer. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. he says you know it's only 20 percent of us that will ever get it or be you know um sovereign individualistic enough to to want to hold our keys and the rest will always just want to go to an exchange or go to a bank and just find a safe place to store their bitcoin they don't want to go into running a node node holding their own 12 words so as long as like 80 percent of the population will do that then we're gonna be back in the world that we were already even though you know Bitcoin might be that thing, it's going to be able to be suppressed because people are going to be able to run paper Bitcoin on it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, but, I, I think, yeah. yeah. Go ahead. Sorry, cut you off. No, 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 no. That's it. Please continue. Oh, um, yeah. So I, I think that's right. I mean, I think most people have no interest in Bitcoin at all, let alone running their own node and holding their own keys. But so I'd say that the 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 the, uh, the probability of that happening is super high because it's basically happening right now, but the severity is low because it can't persist like that because they'll have, they're, they're going to run into pain. Right. So the severity or the, the risk of, of Bitcoin adoption just stopping because we ran out of curious people is super low because, because curious people will, will eventually or non-curious people will eventually turn into people that, that got hurt. (laughs) And become pretty damn curious, you know. So it's like, right. in the long run, the incentives will just work out. I, I just can't see how they don't. I don't know. Yeah, no, I I completely agree with you. But I, it's we we usually come down to the, these kind of arguments, you know. And it's funny because back in 2017, 2018, and I remember this vividly from 2019. By the way, as we came out of that bear market. 
all of a sudden there were like this i would say a swath or a swarm of people sorry for my english there were just a bunch of people and all of a sudden all these old talking points started resurfacing again oh but what about quantum computing you know? yeah it's like oh god not the quantum computing thing again or um what about if governments are gonna ban it you know like you just go through literally like you mentioned whether it's cycles or i see like a pendulum pendulum swinging back and forth you know um yeah yeah but ultimately those those are pretty easy to answer and it's like what are we left with you know be, looking at threats for bitcoin yeah it's more more of a social attack uh, attack i i can come up with yeah yeah, the, the... yeah. So if there, if there's anybody out there with like more original, uh, you know, attack uh, vectors yeah. for Bitcoin, we'd love to hear them. Yes, agreed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's interesting because we've had quite a few engineers on, and still yet to find an engineer who's heavily studied Bitcoin who goes, "Oh, this is where it breaks. This is where it doesn't scale. This is where like who have really studied it." And so that's not to say that maybe, maybe we're, we're overlooking something. It's yeah. just like, we are trying to find where Bitcoin breaks down and we'd love to I, see it, you know, like we'd love to see where Bitcoin breaks down. And, and if, and if we do find it, then maybe there's a fix for it. And if there's not, then, you know, then we still have the idea of Bitcoin and the idea of Bitcoin will continue to live whether, you know, and so I think that's what a lot of people just find hard to believe is that like that Bitcoin is more than just a tool of freedom. It's, it's an idea of freedom as well. And, and it like, it's time has come. It's, you know, there's so many things, there's so many authoritarians that want centralized control and Bitcoin gives a decentralized control back to the people. And, and it's, and it's hard to break that. Once you see it, it's very hard to, like, you can't unsee the idea of Bitcoin. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, if, if I knew I, I wouldn't be spending 90% of my free time with Bitcoin podcasts in my ear or articles or books just in my face all the time doing stuff like this and then orange pilling my family members and friends who I love dearly. If I knew of a significant risk. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I, I I would never shill a stock to my mom or like my grandma or like my friend. Like I would never do that because anything can happen with a company or a, a board of directors, or whatever, who knows? Like, but I feel completely comfortable shilling Bitcoin to whoever wants to listen. Like that's, that's a rare thing. What are you, what are you looking for? Maybe just one final question. Is there anything in particular you're looking out for um, uh, looking at 2023? whether it's bitcoin adoption or you know we don't like to talk a lot about price but uh, it could be price could be adoption could be hash rate could be mining could be you know you mentioned uh, corporates getting into bitcoin or what what are kind of like the markers that you know you'd expect to um to hit yeah <laughs> uh, mm -hmm. from a bitcoin perspective next year you know i i don't know i i almost don't care you know, like I, the, the, what I what I most what I get most excited about is is having conversations like this and then also successfully getting people on board that weren't previously on board like that's that I get like 
<laughs> you know, that that's a great it's a rush. So yeah. rush. It's totally a rush. Yeah. And it sounds geeky or lame or nerdy, or whatever to say that, but it, it really is for me. Like it's just so fun hanging out with Bitcoiners and orange pilling people. So like yeah, you know, as long as nothing fundamental about the thesis changes, I'm just I'm just along for the ride, man. I I'm I, I'm not making any predictions about anything. I'll just get burnt and <laughs> I know. Uh, <laughs> True that. Yeah. I'm excited. How about how about this? I'm excited for uh for Bitblock Bloom and Pacific Bitcoin next year. Oh, and don't forget in 2024 the having party. <laughs> Here it comes. Here it comes. The having party. <laughs> That's a nice layup there. Thank you, Eric. Yeah. <laughs> You're welcome. Hey, you, yeah. you toss the lob, you know I'm gonna finish it. It's that simple. <laughs> Yeah. So, okay. All right. Well, yeah. thanks, Eric. Uh, Marcus, I don't know if you have any any final thoughts right now. No, I'm not very good on the final thoughts. But yeah, Eric, thanks so much, uh, and uh, for confirming our thesis again. You know, and um, likewise, man, it's uh, it's always a lot of fun talking to Bitcoiners and meeting uh, guys like you. I I hope we get to hang out someday, man. Yeah, man. Hell yeah. That that sounds like a plan. I, I appreciate you guys inviting me on and kind of welcoming welcoming me into the into the the twitter sphere and <laughs> giving yeah. giving me some uh feedback on the memes and everything so yeah, yeah, I, yeah. You know, a lot of fun i appreciate you guys yeah dude, if you ever have any trouble making a meme too just hit us up and we'll we can help yeah. you out so cool thanks thanks again man it's been a lot of fun uh as for everyone else listening in uh remember we have the meme factory podcast uh on the same channel we go live thursdays at 7 30 p.m don't miss out and remember what you see here, what you hear here, when you leave here, don't just let it stay here. Please share, like, subscribe. If you liked what we talked about, let us know. If you hated it, let us know. We want to know. Um, as for Bitcoiners Guide, episode 42 from Eric, Camp Meme, Clay Marcus, and Big Sean. We're over and out. Peace.